Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhame, Dr. Joseph Kay, and Brandon Straza, as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers. We have a special uh, edition today. I am sitting right next to a young man by the name of Chris Sedlock. Chris Sedlock is uh, not yet graduated from high school, but he is uh, an entrepreneur in training, so to speak, and we'll learn more about Chris. But before we do that, hey, I just wanna thank our sponsors, uh, uh, helping us put this together, Open Media Source, Expanse Financial Group, and American Option Insurance. So Chris, hey man, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with me, man. You, you just traveled, I don't know, halfway across the globe from Ireland, if I do recollect, to yes. hang, out with, uh, hang out with me for a little bit. Yep, thanks for having me very much. Yep, glad glad to have you here, Chris. And and the you know as as we've uh, visited, I've known Chris for a number of years. Know his family; they're they're awesome folks. But I think one thing about entrepreneurship, you know, is it for me? I I really believe in an early early age, you've got it. Somehow you you understand risk, you understand how to monitor risk, and 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 then understand the potential rewards. But uh, hey, Chris, man, where, where can we find you on social media, first and foremost? Okay, so uh, on Facebook, you can find me at Chris Sedlock, S-E-D-L-O-C-K. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Chris Sedlock. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Chris underscore Sedlock. I got lots of cool travel pictures and uh, pictures of my daily life on there. And at email, um, C-E-Sedlock at gmail.com. And if you didn't catch that, you're, you're on your drive or whatever, maybe we'll make sure we wrap those up before we end out, Chris. And, and Chris is always open to questions. He'll gladly uh, accept a, a, a DM or whatever it may be and ask about how the heck did he do this or how can I do that from, from my uh, young, inspiring student who maybe is considering, you know, various pieces of education or maybe jumping right in and, and being an entrepreneur. Chris, you've got a really interesting path, my friend, and, and uh, one of which is, you know, sometimes people may equate that to the easy life. You know, you're fortunate to come from a, a, a great family and great providers, but nothing is ever easy. And what, it, what may look like from the outside is being easy because, you're, you know, you're driving a, a car that works. You know, you've got, all right, clothes that don't have holes at least on purpose and <laughs> you know what have you but uh talk about talk about your path man okay so uh, i was i was born up north uh in, in seattle washington uh, my dad worked for sprint back in the day you know startups so we were moving around a lot um we've moved i think six plus times all over the country um you know we finally settled down in uh in texas first in san antonio in my uh elementary school days and then Dallas uh, in, uh, you know, my later elementary school days. Um, and we've been in Dallas ever since. Um, 
one thing notable, you know, when I uh, was growing up, I, uh, I played football. Texas thing. It's crazy in Texas. Uh, if you have not seen a Texas high school football game, you've got to come to Frisco and see one at the Star. Uh, only indoor uh, uh, football arena for uh, high schoolers in the world. Crazy. So I loved that. I played football in elementary school. Uh, I think the only reason why my dad would have ever let me do that is to gain the experience of sort of getting in there and building a work ethic and knowing what it's like to push the boundary, um, knowing what it's like to actually you know, work that hard. Um, that's how I got to know Coach B here. Uh, he was he was my coach. As as you probably know, he played college football. Uh, what a great guy, great coach. Um, yeah, so that that was that was sort of the founding or the foundation of my work ethic. Uh, I, I'd say it started out with that those football days doing the ring of fire at the end of practice. So Chris, I remember those days. You know, uh, here in Texas, it gets a little hot around mm -hmm. August, September. Mm -hmm. Remember those? Uh, remember those leg lifts and what have you? And oh yeah. And this is not to demean Chris by any any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> he worked so hard; he had tears coming down his eyes among a pool of of sweat. You know, someone that had determination. We were lucky; we had a lot of great kids, many of which are are, are friends of mine still day as well as said. Yeah. And uh, you know, we went to we went to battle together, and and uh, but you know, all of it was fighting over a piece of grass. You know who's going to win the piece of grass, and, yep. but uh, at the end of the day, you know, you know, building young men to be men that uh, you know the man that Chris is today. So um, when I got into middle school, that's that's when uh, the the work started to change from busy work to something that actually matters. You know, I was taking you know high school credit classes, and I'll tell you from the beginning of middle school, my dad and my mom made me work. They would not allow me to sit there and, you know, play games when I got home. I would come home and do my homework, and I had no choice but to do so, uh, or else I was facing a pretty strict grounding. Uh, and, I, and I think really that's, that is where my, uh, my work ethic took hold. That's where I, I started to understand, well, if you, if you work hard, it, it, it bears fruit. It's not only just to work hard. It's, it, you, you gain something from working hard. And, and in middle school, I gained a, a, a work ethic. Um, that led me into high school. Uh, you know, I went to public school. The public school system here is one of the greatest in Texas. It's, people move here uh, to Frisco, Texas, where I've, I've grown up, um, specifically for the school system. So it was a phenomenal school system. Uh, I went to, as a freshman, I went to Wakeland High School. Uh, it's, I think it's about 600, 700 kids every class. So my class was about 700 kids. When you have that many kids, albeit a great school system, and I was taking really hard classes, and it was challenging. But um, in such a big system, I, I started to feel like, you know, I wish I had some more personal connections with teachers and some more personal one-on-one, -on -one, you, know, you know, moments with, the, with, with people who can mentor me and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I did very well my freshman year, um, but it was hard for me to find a balance, in, you know, in my life between, you know, working hard and uh, being able to just relax. Uh, I felt like I constantly had to work hard when I was in a class of 700 plus people. Did you have a lot of um, pressure on your shoulders? Too much. You know, it's a very common theme today. Kids in high school have too much pressure. Um, you know, they, they, they look at other peers who may be more successful than them or maybe, you know, getting better grades or whatever. And that always goes straight on your shoulders, like you were saying. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, and that's what led me to leave uh, public school system that year. 
uh, after my freshman year, I told my dad, it's not for me, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I, I need to try something else. So um, that next year, I went to a new school. It was called Legacy Christian Academy here in Frisco. Uh, it started a while back. It was a tiny school. Now uh, the, the classes are about 75. And I saw that, you know, it's a Christian school. I'm, I'm Catholic. And uh, it, the Christian part is a big plus. Um, but on top of that, it's so much more personal. So I thought it would be a great fit for me. Um, I started out that, that uh, sophomore year, uh, and, and it, was, it was a great year. Uh, great grades and stuff like that. Um, and it, it, was, it was a good experience that first year. Uh, a lot more personal relationships with, with uh, you know, mentors and teachers who, who, uh, who were personally trying to help me out. It was a great time. Were you ever nervous about, I mean, you're, you're in high school, and one of the big things now you've, you know, you moved and relocated with your, with your folks, you know, primarily due to your dad's, you know, well, job opportunities as he was, as he was uh, seeking and being provided other opportunities. Was that a tough transition, even though you're in the same city? Incredibly tough. When you go from one high school to another, uh, as many, of you know, high school can be clicky which is, you know, it's too bad, but uh, it's, it's tough to find friends uh, when you are just dropped into this new school where everybody's already in their little groups. And that, that's a tough thing for sure. Yeah, that's, you know, that's something I think it's like starting a new job. And of course, we're of course. Here, here we are breaking business barriers. And, and you know, we, we talk a lot about challenges and forks in the road, which, which we'll get into. But certainly, it is, uh, you know, you start to overcome those obstacles at a very early age, especially right. like what you had to, what you had to drive. Not everyone has the opportunity of being in the same grade school, high school, et cetera. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's definitely interesting uh, to think about, you know, um, transitioning into that new school, that new job. Um, the best advice would be prove yourself, uh, not with words, but with actions. Um, this, that's what I, I, I did when I switched schools to that private school. Um, you know, all I did was put my head down and work. I was in the hardest classes I could be in. Uh, and, and that's how I, I sort of started to prove myself. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's the best advice I can give on that sense is you should put your head down and work in any situation. Yeah. Put on the grind. Again, this is Brett Duhane, your host of Breaking Business Prayers, joined along with Chris Sedlock young man who is uh, full of knowledge and uh, I can't wait for him to share what he has what he has coming up coming up here uh, real real soon again breaking business barriers your host Brent Duhan you know we thank open media source expanse financial group and American option insurance all right Chris so you know we know a little bit about your background Hey brother, the fork in the road's always the big question here. You know, mm-hmm. as a as a young young person, you've no doubt are already hit many forks in the road. But is the one that stands out to you? Uh, for sure. So so that that first year, um, towards the end of the year, you know, I I uh, I'm a mountain biker in my free time. Sometimes you know when I'm here in Dallas, uh, I was coming home from a from a mountain bike ride and I was just caked in mud. So uh, I, I walk into my house, I w- went upstairs, you know, and I, I started the shower running. Um, this is a funny one. Uh, I started the shower running and I realized, ooh, 
you know, maybe I shouldn't leave my, uh, you know, my nice bike outside uh, unlocked on my car. So I, I walked downstairs, got my bike off the car, start rolling it in and it's just shooting mud everywhere. So I was like, oh, okay, I got to go wash this off. So I'm washing off my bike and then, uh, and I, and I put it inside, take the rack off the car and I walk into my house. Right. And I, when you walk in, you see the kitchen and I walk in and the lights above the kitchen that are, uh, that are in the ceiling, there was about a gallon of water per minute shooting out of the, each one of those lights. There's about six lights. So there was, there was just gallons of water pouring onto the, you know, the, the floor in my, uh, in my house. So I run upstairs and, uh, pretty much the whole second floor was flooded. I left the shower running when I went downstairs. Uh, so we, uh, we ended up having to have insurance help us out on that one. And, uh, we were, we were living in a, uh, townhome for the next seven months. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it was a tough time living in a townhome. And, uh, so not only did you change schools, all of a sudden right. you get like this, oh my gosh, I just created, you know, this whole conundrum, you know, flooded my house and, and, uh, family's going to move out and, and you have the weight of the world on now each shoulder because of that. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's, that's a, that's a, it's a tough thing. You know, when we were living in that house, um, about, you know, the first couple months into it, uh, we left for spring break and, uh, my dad sat us down the first day of spring break. And he told us he had been diagnosed with ocular melanoma. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most common eye cancers. However, the, or the survival rate of ocular melanoma is about 15%. Usually by the time they find ocular melanoma, you're, you're dead. So let's put it, uh, you know, your dad and I have talked about this and the importance of getting uh, annual eye exams. Hey, those of you that are stubborn and maybe, maybe think, oh, no, you know, I don't need to do that. Um, right there is a great example of why you do annual exactly. exam and the reason why and crystal explain it they caught it early they caught it very early it was uh so the average tumor size when they catch an ocular melanoma is about 11 millimeters um or, and they caught his at about 2.5 2.9 millimeters so it was it was small in terms of an ocular melanoma but it, you know this is a serious cancer so immediately we got home and he started fighting it uh, and fighting it and fighting it you know we we got into treatment uh, he went into a treatment. This, there's only a, a handful of doctors in the world who treat this cancer, maybe four or five. Uh, we're lucky enough to have the son of the inventor of this treatment um, uh, actually be in Dallas. So he, he treated my dad, um, and my dad's tumor did shrink. Uh, unfortunately, it will never go away, uh, but it has shrunk, um, and, and he had sort of a better prognosis. So going into that next year, um, I said, I'm going to get the best grades of my life. So I, I started that, uh, that junior year of high school. Um, and I, that first semester, I just worked my butt off. I was in, you know, dual credit college enrollment classes. Uh, and I was just working and working and working. And one day I got a call from, uh, from my cousin. You know, my cousin, I had heard about him. Uh, you know, he went to Princeton. Um, very, very brilliant guy. Uh, and I, you know, I'd heard he got into every school he applied to, which is something crazy. That's, that never happens. So, uh, he was talking to me and I said, say, where did you go to high school? And he said, well, I, I went to this program called United World College. Um, and, and he told me, you know, it's a, it's a movement. There's 17 schools across the world. Um, and it's soon to be 18, I think, 
um, and you can apply uh, via the United States National Committee as a U.S. citizen. Um, and through that committee, um, there's a there's a past entrepreneur. His name's Shelby Davis. He was in the stock market and such. Uh, and Shelby Davis pays for every student from the United States to go to these schools around the world. There's Wait a minute. So it's all paid for. All paid for. Um, and there, out of these 17 schools, uh, the United States sends two students from the country to each one of those schools. Um, and my cousin told me, he said, go into this not expecting anything uh, because it is, it is a very arduous and tough process. Very tough. And I said, okay, I understand. And uh, I put my head down and I applied. Uh, I wrote the 3,000 plus words of essay for my uh, application in one night, came home from school and, and was writing until about 2 a.m. Uh, and I, I uh, got, my, uh, got my recommendations from my teachers, uh, all of my resume submitted, and, uh, and I just pretty much forgot about it because I, I was not expecting anything out of this. I knew the acceptance rate was, you know, something stupid low, and I just, I just wasn't expecting anything. You know, I, I, I just said, well, if I don't get in, it is what it is. Hey, were you outside your comfort zone when you were doing that? It was, it, it was something where I was looking at this and saying, well, could I really live abroad? Could I handle that? You know, and I, I didn't think so uh, at first, you know. Um, but I got the call. Uh, the, next, the next stage, I was, I was into the next stage. And the next stage is an interview. And this is where I really got out of my comfort zone. I was on a Skype call with these two people. Uh, they, were, you know, you know, or they were UWC alums, um, one in San Francisco and one in London. Uh, and they were, they were on Skype asking me these crazy questions, you know, and I was so out of my comfort zone. I was like, a, you know, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't even handle it. I, I didn't know how to answer these questions, anything like that. But I just, you know, I, I answered how were I could. Were like in the American flag? Or of, like of course, of course. <laughs> I love America. Uh, so... So, uh, and uh, got that done. And, uh, and then of course, forgot about it again. I'm still working hard at school. Uh, and then I got the call that I got invited to the, to the interview weekend, which is at the UWC in America. Um, and I, I went, it was in New Mexico. Uh, I didn't think I did well on that interview weekend. You know, I, I didn't think I uh, could represent myself very well in the, in the scenarios I was given, but, uh, but, interview weekend it was three days of super super crazy interviews constantly you know we're doing stuff and being watched activities and you know they're trying to see you know how we interact in groups um and after that i went home i'm working and uh and i got an email that told me i got waitlisted um so i didn't get in and uh and at that point you know that was that was a that was a tough one that was a tough hit because that was like a shot to the jaw. Right? Exactly. Because I was imagining, you know, the opportunities this could provide, um, you know, in the, the colleges I could be looking at if I got into this school. Um, but, you know, I didn't get in. And so I went, went about with my year. I, uh, I tried the best that I could to get great grades. And I, and I believe I did that. But uh, I, had, I had moved on past that. And I was going about my summer. One day I was sitting by the pool, hot day. And um, I got a call and they, they told me that not only did I have a spot at United World College Atlantic in Wales, I had a scholarship. Wales, so halfway across the globe, right? Halfway across the globe. It's about 4,500 miles from my house here. <laughs> not only was I going to move to Wales, 
I was going to move to Wales on scholarship and study. I could not believe it. Um, but the thing is, I reached one of the biggest forks in the road of my life. It re really was. Because on one hand, this is truly the opportunity of a lifetime. This is, this is, this is something that very few people in, in the world get access to. Um, and I could not believe I had the opportunity. But on the other hand, who would I be leaving be behind? You know, I have my dad who, I don't know how long my dad has left. Um, it's, that's a tough thing to leave your family in a situation like that, especially. Um, and I have my siblings who I'm trying to mentor and, you know, put, instill, instill a work ethic in them. And I don't want to have to leave them early. Um, you know, and I had the biggest fork in, of, fork in the road of my life, essentially. Um, but my dad told me, you know what? I'm making you go. <laughs> and, and I said, what? He's, he said, you have to do it. And I said, well, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you proud. So now uh, I'm at, at United World College. Um, it's an interesting experience. Uh, there's over 100 nationalities represented in my class. So a melting pot. This truly is the melting pot, truly right? ultimate melting, melting pot. And it's not only, uh, you know, ethnically a melting pot, but fiscally it's a melting pot. Um, there's anything from refugees um, to princes, princesses, it's incredible, just the, the sort of demographic that you see in these schools. Uh, and it's something I'm blessed to be a part of. I mean, my three roommates, one's from Uganda, one's from South Korea, and one is from New Zealand. I have best friends all over the globe now. I essentially have a directory. I can just point to any city on the map and just say, I got a place to stay. I got a couch to crash on. Um, and it's, it's a crazy thing. The, uh, so the importance of relationships over your life, you know, that, that fork of the road, you know, there'd be many more of them. Um, I think you're far advanced at a, at a very young age to experience such a difficult fork. You know, you're, you're very close to your family and, you know, with your dad, you know, not, you know, some things in the air there at the time, and then all of a sudden you're going to move four or 5,000 miles across the globe and, and uh, not see your brother and sister and your mom and dad every day along with you know the grandparents and yeah. all, all the other friends that you treasure so you know you work you work through it but let's talk a little bit about the importance of relationships you're talking about now you've met people from literally across the globe exactly and you're hanging out with them what what have you picked up even from your early days of relationships to where you are today well you know my dad's always told me connections are the most important thing to success I think, you know, pretty much every job he's gotten uh, is, is due to a connection in one way or another. Um, and this is a large piece of advice is make connections everywhere you can. And even if, you, you know, you may not love this person, um, you always should be nice to them and try and make a relationship with them because you never know when they might need you or you might need them. Uh, so make sure you keep track of these people. You make sure that you... Uh, foster and harbor new you know connections as much as you can yeah gratitude being thankful and, and frankly just being transparent mm -hmm. and uh, you don't always have to agree with someone to have a, a quality relationship exactly no doubt exactly. no doubt about it well as we we begin to wrap up again this is uh brent duham your host along with uh, a really special guest chris sedlock chris all right, as we uh, go through a little bit of a lightning round here, 
when you made this big fork in the road decision uh, that you explained, all right, dad wasn't doing real well at the time, but all of a sudden the, the curtains opened and you had this dream opportunity, not only for your senior year in high school at World College, but then also a second year to follow that up and meet all right. these people. Did you make that decision with your head or your heart? Um, you know, obviously my head and my heart were uh, contradicting themselves. They were, the, you know, on one hand, you know, I wanted to stay. And on the other hand, you know, this, this school would give me the opportunity to succeed and propel, you know, myself into success. Um, because at my old schools, I, I really did not have the option to go to the colleges I can look at now. I really can't. And not only can I look at these colleges, I'm getting recruited by these colleges. It's an amazing thing. Um, so in the end, I, I made the decision with my head because realistically, you know, when you're talking about an entrepreneurial mindset, you need to make your decisions with your head. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's the one thing you got to be able to, 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 to trust. Because your heart can be swayed one way or another. Your head, you got to think about the pros and cons of every situation. And in this fork in the road, there are pros and cons to each. I actually made a spreadsheet with the pros and cons. That's how I did it. I made a spreadsheet and I said, well, there's more pros than there are cons. So, and, and that's how it was. It was with my head. A lot of times the most powerful answer in any opportunity is no. Yep. And, uh, and then you just keep going forward. Tear exactly. The, as I say, take the rear view mirrors off the car, throw them, and keep going mm -hmm. forward. Passes behind you. Hey, man, I know you're really well read, read and whether it's a, a book on paper or a book on, on recording, what's, uh, do you have a recommendation for us? Yes, I do. Uh, this may come as a shock to a lot of you, but Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. By Wait you. a minute. All right. So, <laughs> I, you know, I can barely turn the computer on. You're talking astrophysics. Oh, but... it's, it's, it's for people in a hurry. All right. Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. It's by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And what's fascinating to me is the science behind the stars, the science behind the galaxy. It's, it's very incredible to look up at the stars and see, you know, how far away these things really are. And this, this book gives you an insight that's simplified into astrophysics, which may seemingly be some complicated thing that only people at crazy universities study, but it's actually fascinating. I think you should give it a read. Uh, I can tell you right now, it is not on my shelf. It's one of the few that uh, through the many guests that we've spoken to and uh, that hasn't been. But you know what? Because you've recommended it, I'm going to pick that sucker up. So you're, you know, you've, you've had a number of decisions throughout your life and, and probably one of the biggest has been, been made over the last year. Were you worried about what other people thought about making this? It could be a decision to do anything, but do you really worry about what people think about your decision outside of your family? Or is that something, you know what, I think it through and, you know, I'm confident with it. Well, originally, you know, I was a bit worried that, you know, people would think it's a little bit of a selfish decision to leave your family, uh, you know, a year or a year and a half early. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, I had thought it through, my dad had thought it through, my whole family supported me in the decision to end up going. So, so I, I decided to end up going. It was, it was, just, a, it was just a head thing. I, I thought about it for a long time and I just couldn't turn it down. Did you catch any, any guff? from uh, anybody for deciding to leave uh, your home in fiscal you know, outside of your family? Because I know they were supportive. Yeah. But any guff from buddies that were like, what the hell are you thinking? Well, I actually think it's the opposite. Uh, all of my friends have been so excited about it. They're so proud of me, all of them. 
uh, and they like keeping track of me. Like I said earlier, I got the, you know, my Instagram, Chris underscore Sedlock. You can go, go and see all these travels I'm getting to do. I would have never done that had I not gone to, into the school. Every time I fly home, I can fly out of a new city. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, and I, I love following you, as you know, and, and uh, as we got together a couple of nights ago to share some <laughs> freaking hysterical stories that we probably don't want to put on this, but it's all real life and, and really, really good. All right, so you, you're barely a year into what you're doing, and you know, you know, next year where you're going to be over in Wales, but what's next? Well, you know, right now uh, um, I'm getting good grades at my school. I, I'm performing the best I can. I'm grinding it out. You know, I'm, I'm up one, two, three, four in the morning from when I get off at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but what I'm seeing in myself and what I think you guys should see in yourselves is an entrepreneurial mindset. You have to look at this as a problem that needs to be solved and work your butt off. That's the best thing you can do in any situation is give it effort. The worst thing you can do is just give up. So what I've been doing is just grinding, 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 making the most connections that I can with people and really just having a great time. It's a, it's, it's a great time to actually work hard, in my opinion. Um, so what, what this is all leading me into is college. That's the next step. Um, and uh, it's an exciting step. Um, I'm looking at you know, certain colleges all around the world now. Uh, lots of stuff on the east coast of the United States, and it's uh, it's very exciting to be able to look at these schools. Kick the doors open, brother, and you do that with grind and hard work. And and uh, as most grinders that are out there, they don't brag about it; they make it look easy. Which then, uh, hey folks, it's not easy. It's not easy uh, being a four O student. It's it's not easy making difficult decisions and moving away from your family. But all too often, people think. You know, as they look from the outside in, it looks really, really simple. But the grind is the grind. And uh, whether it's uh, being in sport, school, or being in business or whatever profession that, uh, that you happen to be chasing and putting your time and effort into. All right, folks. Hey, let's, uh, Chris, why don't you, why don't you uh, remind us where we can find you on, on social media? So once again, LinkedIn. Chris Sedlock, uh, Facebook, Chris Sedlock, again, uh, Sedlock is spelled S-E-D-L-O-C-K, my Instagram, Chris underscore Sedlock, uh, and if you have any questions, anything at all you need to ask, uh, my email is C-E-Sedlock at gmail.com. So that's C like Chris, E as in episode, mm -hmm. Sedlock, correct? Sedlock, correct. Right on, and uh, Chris will be happy you know, drop him a note, let him know, uh, hey, thanks, thanks for uh, your time on the Breaking Business Barrier podcast, and thanks for sharing. He's very humble. Um, he's also very gracious and full of gratitude. Again, this is Brent Duhane, your host of Breaking Business Barriers, a little special edition along, and we, we have to thank the folks that help us make this happen, and that's Open Media Source, Expanse Financial Group, and American Option Insurance onward and upward. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information, or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source.